Hello and welcome to IMP Podcast Channel, coming to you from the Institute of English Studies at the University of Warsaw. My name is Bartosz Lutostański and I will be your host today. IMP is a new digital project that we're doing here at the Institute. In fact, it's so new that its very name, IMP, is a matter of ongoing discussion. We hope in the coming days, weeks, months to get it changed into something better, more interesting, compelling, juicier and sexier, if you will. But so far, you will find us in various podcast services under this name, IMP. Today is the very first episode of IMP, and I am proud and honoured to be talking today in this very first episode to a very special guest. This special guest is my boss, Professor Małgorzata Grzegorzewska. So, uh, how are you in the, this new semester? Um, well, uh, as always, the beginning of the semester is uh, the time of new challenges. Uh, I always try to take up new courses, uh, and even if I teach the courses I've taught before, uh, I try not to repeat the same, exactly the same kind of things. So uh, uh, it's a time of discoveries. So it's, it, it takes much time to prepare these uh, new courses or is it like challenging in terms of uh, new groups uh, and uh, these very new subjects that you are trying to do? I don't know if I should say that, but I okay. I, I tend not to prepare classes in the strict sense of the word. I, I see. That is... Um, I read a lot and think a lot about uh, what we're going to do with the students, but I try to respond to what the students are interested in most. And uh, it is rather the moment of discovering uh, them as recipients right. of, of, cool. of, of my ideas, of the text that we uh, read together. And uh, it's not like uh, we're going by schedule and we uh, necessarily have to tackle this, this or that, uh, point and uh, deal with this or that idea. Of course, we have to um, conform to certain certain patterns and there is a syllabus. Of course. Uh, but, uh, but after all, we are uh, in the university. And the university means a community. Uh, so hmm. uh, I want to make students equally responsible for hmm. what we actually do in the class. That's a nice idea. And uh, if so... Uh, then uh, we cannot uh, simply uh, all the time um, think about the requirements for the course, but sometimes play by the air. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, my next question is sort of um, um, philosophical, because why are we here? I mean, what are we doing with this podcast here? What does the idea of uh, having podcasts at the Institute come from? Because uh, we like the building where we actually are, that <laughs> is, uh, and we like teaching here, but uh, the building has walls which separate us from the rest of the world. And we want to reach out beyond these walls and we want to be where we cannot be at the moment <laughs> yes. with other people. It's like, um, first of all, uh, we would like our students to perhaps uh, listen to it and reflect sometimes on what they are doing in the Institute, but also we want to reach out to the people who are not yet in the Institute and uh, would be interested in uh, finding out what it, 
what it means to study here, mm-hmm. uh, what it feels uh, like to um, to have classes uh, of English literature or linguistics or um, English or American culture, uh, without necessarily uh, coming to Hoja, Hoja 69, and paying us a visit. Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, let's talk about, let's say, the basic uh, stuff. What is the structure of the Institute? We have, uh, I'll have to count now because I can't remember. Um, <laughs> we've got... Um, um, roughly. I think roughly five, I think. Five units uh, which correspond to the basic areas of research and, mm-hmm. uh, and teaching. And this is uh, linguistics, theoretical linguistics, Um, this is um, also uh, English language uh, section unit, which um, is more focused uh, on uh, literary translation um, and uh, the methodology of uh, of uh, teaching English as a foreign language. Uh, then we have a British literary unit, uh, American literary unit, and uh, British American culture, which is a bridge between mm. um, these two units of literature, but also a bridge between literature and the world. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. How about the the research that is being carried out right now? What is the, let's say, the, the most important stuff that people here are doing? Well, it's, again, it's a very difficult question because mm-hmm. uh, we've always tried to Um, to cover as much uh, area as possible uh, and to be as diverse in our liter- in our research interest as possible. So we have people here who uh, specialize in cognitive linguistics in the in the analysis of discourse and metaphor, um, the most current um, uh, developments in um, in cognitive linguistics. We've got people who do um, different sorts of um, literary studies and literary theory, ranging from um, um, the something like um, uh, the overlapping areas of literature and philosophy, sociology, um, uh, post-humanist studies, uh, mm-hmm. which is, of course, um, uh, very much in fashion. But we try to do things, not only those things which are in fashion, sure. but we try to do things which uh, somehow uh, may make our um, our conversation, our, uh, our, our uh, communication in, in the Institute more diverse. I see. So we've got people who uh, think about the place of logos in contemporary uh, in contemporary culture. We've got people who deal with the problem of the flesh and body. Uh, we're very much in-fleshed creatures and we want to discuss the relationship between the word and flesh. Mm. Uh, we want to talk about our social roles, about our identities, um, all sorts of issues uh, and uh, um, what we are mostly interested in is that we do not... Uh, get trapped in uh, just one line of thought so that uh, we then we would be just reinforcing our ideas without um, without that which gives life, w- sure. which is uh, usually disagreement. Absolutely, yeah, mm. okay. Um, how about you? Because I hear you are writing a, a new station. Uh, is it like coming to an end? What, what is it about? Uh, can, you, can you share some details? Um, well, um I uh, I've always been interested in uh, Renaissance culture uh, and Shakespeare studies, 
But quite recently, I switched to something far more recent, that is uh, uh, T.S. Eliot's poetry, um, beginning of the 20th century, but also the echoes of his poetry in, uh, in the second half of the 20th century, up into the 21st century, actually. Uh, so, And it is about his concern with the state of culture in the in the 20th century. Mm. Uh, right. It's like the, the, the old story about uh, finding your way in the, um, in the desert, in the wilderness, in the <laughs> wasteland, <laughs> and whether we are stuck forever in the wasteland or perhaps the wasteland or the desert is just an area to be crossed in order to reach mm-hmm. a better place. Right. So what about Shakespeare? Is it like... Uh, are you tired of Shakespeare? No, or? one can never get tired of Shakespeare. Um, okay. Um, um, although I uh, disagree with Harold Bloom on most issues uh, in his writing, the fact that he names Shakespeare as the beginning and the end of, of the canon, the mm-hmm. canon, if there exists uh, something like that, <laughs> um, uh, I would agree that uh, Shakespeare is the alpha and omega of uh, of uh, of our culture. Um, I'm not tired with Shakespeare. It's just that uh, I thought uh, I was carried out, by, uh, uh, carried uh, away uh, from Shakespeare by uh, by uh, by Eliot, yeah, because uh, I just wanted something. Um, um, no, it would be difficult to say uh, more relevant to our contemporary culture because Shakespeare is relevant, mm. uh, but perhaps. Um, Mm, I don't know why. Um, an intuition. An intuition. It's, it's, it's time to. An intuition that'll take end a up. No, an intuition that'll uh, end up in returning to Shakespeare sooner mm. or later. Yeah. Probably sooner than later. I see. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I would like to also discuss with you some current affairs. Um, and um, you, of course, know that the Polish literature is right now undergoing a very good time uh, in terms of Tokarczuk and Sapkowski. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like two different sort of kind of um, authors in many respects. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is, what do you think has happened that Polish literature, both popular and let's say this more mm-hmm. kind of uh, um, traditional, so to speak, uh, has eventually become a point of interest for the um, readers outside of Poland? Mm, it will be a, a simplistic answer, I'm afraid, but I, um, I firmly believe that the first um, step into uh, reaching out into the world is via translation. Uh, first of all, uh, of both of them have very good renderings in uh, in English in the first place, but also in other languages. And uh, uh, it is, uh, I think, it's very fortunate that we have very good translators uh, of uh, of Polish literature, um, and we have very good translators thanks to uh, what happened before. That is, uh, I think, uh, I believe it is uh, thanks to. Um, to Miłosz and thanks to Szymborska, uh, but also to, to Herbert, who never um, actually got the uh, Nobel Prize, but but um, has also been uh, was also considered uh, as a candidate. So uh, th- there is an interest, uh, an ongoing interest in uh, in Polish literature, which started some time ago, mm. and now 
we just capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very fortunate with that. Uh, and also, um, I think um, the fact that um, I think it, well, you can see it in both Tukarczuk and in Sapkowski that they um, that they um, uh, define themselves as uh, Polish writers, who at the same time um, responsive to anything that happens in uh, in European culture, in world hmm. culture, that yeah. they are uh, that they are capable of uh, translating, uh, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, uh, translating uh, world culture into our Polish reality, mm-hmm. and then their books yeah, uh, yeah. translate so well into other languages and into yeah. other cultures. Yeah, because it's very important to to note, isn't it, that both authors are very Polish. Uh, because on the one hand, if you have like um, uh, Tokarczuk's flights, they are, this is like a, a fragmented novel uh, mm-hmm. with bits of pieces from mm-hmm. almost all around the world. Uh, however, but but much of it ha- is very much rooted in the, the Polish geography and Polish storytelling, um, whereas Sapkowski is very much into Polish folklore and history. Isn't it? My because assumption. this is what I think. This is what marks good literature: that you have to have a place where you start. Yeah. That uh, you um, you start as the English do with uh, with your own landscape. With uh, you, you have to have an identity in order to be capable of um, discussing um, uh, your own position with others. Absolutely. Uh, you start with daffodils in in the Lake District, and then uh, you talk about the idea of pantheism in general in in <laughs> English dramatic poetry. You, you, we do not do it the other way around. We do not start with an idea and then find an image for it, but yeah. we start with a place uh, and, and an accent yeah. uh, in which we um, describe the place and then we reach towards an idea. Okay. Uh, and, and I think they, they both do it in a brilliant way. Interesting. So you would say... It's not, it's not that they are parochial. They are, they are Polish. It's not parochial. They are, uh, they are simply... Um, they have roots. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, having roots, they can grow. Yeah. This is a plant without roots will not grow. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, so you're underlining the the meaning of or, in, or importance of space. Would you say that we are, as a result, um, the eyewitnesses of major transformation in the storytelling practices in which the plays is becoming more important than time, which has traditionally def- mm. defined um, stories? Um, oh, uh, I love the question. And the reason I love the question is that I've, I've always had an idea that um, literature is about map making, uh, that literature is uh, akin to cartography. Um, and um, I had this intuition when I was writing my PhD, then it turned out there are lots of people who are dealing with the intersection between and the, the, uh, the parallels between literature and cartography. And uh, now uh, the idea of space um, charted and, uh, and defined and described in the form of a map uh, mm. is very much uh, has become uh, a blueprint for a narrative. <laughs> Uh, uh, and also the fact that uh, instead of flipping the pages 
Uh, we very often read novels mm. uh, by um, uh, rolling the screen, uh, the text on the screen. Yes, yes. It, yes, it, it also uh, changes our um, perception of time and space uh, in in the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, and I think we are becoming uh, more and more spatial in our in our concept of what narrative is. All right. Thank you very much. That was a very good talk. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much. And that's it. This has been a premiere episode of IMB Podcast. My huge thanks go to my guest, uh, Professor Grzegorzewska, for finding some spare time to talk to me. Uh, my thanks also go to Robert Dzmiewski for being a producer, a person who made this podcast happen. And of course, the entire Institute of English, especially the library section, for allowing us to record this podcast in one of the rooms. Thank you. See you soon. Hear you soon. Bye bye.